Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Talk and Power podcast. We are up to episode 79, Todd. Can you believe it? I'm here with Todd Brinkworth. And in the studio, we have some very special guests with us for this recording. We have with us Ross Tapper of Targa West and David Smith, fresh from receiving his Motorsport Australia Awards, which he probably thought I wasn't going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, oh, don't worry. It was in the notes. The yeah, notes we didn't show you, but, you know. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And and it's worth noting that Tiger West actually won the award. Yeah, so. that's true. Yes. Sorry, am I cutting your grass? Or? No, 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 no. That's very we, good. We saw that, and it was duly noted on the last yeah. recording, actually. So that's why we brought out the um, the good biscuits, you know, oh. royalty. <laughs> <laughs> we can't name them, just, you know, for specific reason, but the good biscuits are out. <laughs> Hey, we're transmitting through 88.5 FM and also through iTunes, Stitcher, and if you can get this podcast at www.talkandpower.com.au. Guys, thanks for coming in. It's uh, great to have it's great to have David back and Ross here for the first time. That's, um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting us. It's always good to talk motorsport and our, and our events. We, 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 I, I certainly enjoy it. I know Todd certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great to have you here. Hey, Ross, before we get stuck into the Targa Albany Sprint, which is um, the main reason why you guys are here tonight, tell us a little bit about yourself and just how, how you got started in the all things Targa. Because when, when people say Targa West, that's the name that springs even to my mind. I know I've never been a huge follower of Targa West, but I know Ross Tapper is... Targa West. So tell us how that all got started. I don't know whether it's good or bad. No, it's good. It's good. Um, I've been running rallies since the, the late 1970s and um, 16, 17 years ago, Bob Schrader was doing the Tradesman Expo and uh, people used to ask Bob and say, well, you're good at running events. Um, why don't you run a tarmac uh, rally the same as Targa Tasmania? So he went over there and had a look at it came back and decided he would do it but he had an event experience but not um, rally experience so through um, common contacts that I didn't know Bob and he didn't know me but um, he was put on to me and um, we got chatting and it took about 18 months of drinking coffee with him before we eventually said <laughs> let's make this happen and um, and no, it was a fair bit of work to get it up and running but uh, it did and uh, five years ago Bob retired from Targa West and in fact retired from work although I'll tell you now he's busier than he's ever been like people do and um, that's when Dave came and joined us and um, no, my wife's always been a, a partner in it and she's retired so between me and Jan and Dave, it's just the three of us, mm. and uh, run the event. So yeah, it's been a good lifestyle. It's a huge juggernaut now in Western Australia. I, I would, I would say it's probably the biggest motorsport brand in Western Australia. Um, and I think you know the the, the Targa West name has certainly got some a lot of prestige associated to it so i think what you've done is an amazing job and as i said i think it's 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 a it's it's quite large now and i and i can kind of all taper into that shortly but i can understand why the race wars guys felt the need to get you guys involved in in the hill climb in albany yeah like i went down there last year with um dita who was the clark of course i went down there to be a steward for him and um 
it was quite obvious they needed some extra people and extra help to make it happen. And, and you know, they asked us on the day, John Murray asked us on the day, would we be interested? And I said, well, give us a ring and we'll have a chat about it at some stage. Well, it took until about November before he eventually <laughs> rang us up and said, let's have a chat. And um, we've come to an agreement and we have a close relationship with each other, but we're running completely separately. The City of Albany are supporting both events and um, we're just going to juggle it a little bit and um, play around with the, the course as much as we can with a few chicanes and bits and pieces and try and turn it into a, uh, an exciting event and smooth it out and, um, and spend a lot of time finding extra officials uh, just to make it work a little bit better on the day. Mm. Yeah, now certainly, certainly. So Dave, tell us what, what can we expect for, for the Targa Albany Sprint this year? What are we looking at in terms of, you've, you've been kind enough to print out the, the entry list here. I haven't counted the actual exact numbers, but what sort of number are we looking at here? Um, at the moment we've got 94 entries. We started with over 100. It sold out fairly quickly, but as, as the advantage or disadvantage of actually going out really early with entries is that people break their cars or fail scrutiny, hey Todd, um, <laughs> we'll get to that later, um, so we're down to 94, but there's an entry came in the other day, so I'm sure we'll end up with well over 90 starting, which is a fantastic for the second year of the event, um, effectively similar to what ran last year, I think the difference will probably be Dieter and the guys will be a lot more relaxed, because they'll be um, relaxing after their big two days of, of race wars yeah and one yep. of the things that i'm sure that they'll be looking forward to is getting race wars and then coming down and actually just spectating at our event instead of having to worry about running it mm -hmm. so does this become i don't think it does but i think i know the answer does this become a points uh scoring part of the targa west championship no, as you can see, this is um, driver only on, on these events. So this is what um, Motorsport Australia would call a speed event. Um, so it's a hill climb. Our target cut points are for rally sprints and, and our target rallies, target southwest, target Bunbury sprint, uh, target west, and of course the, the Shannon's target rally sprint series we run down at uh, the Motorplex. And then we add in um, another event run by the WA Car Club down in Bustleton as well. So it's a... Um, I think it's 11 events, isn't it? 11 rounds, yep. And um, now we're running this, and the Targa City Sprint is a speed event, but it doesn't count towards our points at all. Okay, righto. No, I wasn't, yeah. wasn't aware. I didn't think it carried the points carried on, but I, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, the City Sprint does count, but only for drivers. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. And we could, I guess we could do the same for this you know, moving forward. Um, but at the moment, it was actually, we'd actually started, um, started the actual this year's Target Cup Series before we'd finalised all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Todd. Yes. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'll actually talk about something that I'll ring you about on the weekend, Dave. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, um, scrutineering. I went up to scrutineering. And you failed. And I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh -huh. was, yeah. That only cost me 50 bucks as well. It was pretty, pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, so thanks. cheap. Yeah. yeah. I actually want to say, from my point of view, it's actually good to see the car got a bit going over like i'll be honest i was a bit naive to it i only had the car for a few months mm -hmm. but it's good to know and it's also good to know that i mean i reached out to yourself and it's like nah get it sorted you can still get down there yeah we'll make it happen yeah look i i'll be honest because we we run different level i shouldn't say we run different levels of scrutiny but there's different sort of checks that occur um for effective race wars and, and also the target sprint um, we 
as Ross mentioned, we sort of have a pretty close association with race wars, even though they're, they're a different event. So we piggybacked on the back of their scrutineering for our event. So the advantage is that you could run the scrutineering over three weekends. So with 100 odd cars, it, it's quite difficult to get through that the day before the event. Um, I was blown away by the level of scrutiny that those guys actually do. You know, that's yeah. probably without without doubt probably the most thorough scrutiny I've seen at an event for a very long time um, and it's interesting that you had that feedback because a couple of competitors that are semi-regular competitors actually said it's the first time I've actually seen underneath the car for six months yeah. you know, because we don't have the luxury of having hoists down at the motorplex to do rally sprint um, scrutiny so it's interesting that there's actually picked up a couple of things on your car um, that has also been picked up on, on other people's cars as well that you wouldn't normally see. So yeah. seeing it up on a hoist actually gives you a completely different view of the underneath of your car. Yeah, it does. I mean, it makes me actually feel safer. Like, I'm like, I go out and get a couple of things fixed, and while I'm doing those, there's a couple of things I'll get corrected, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. no, I know that there's a, another level of safety yeah, in running that car. So without, without being sort of putting too fine a point on it, um, you know, the incident that happened with the, the fire with Cashy and, and Steve Jones yeah. really highlights that as much as our motorsport is considered, you know, grassroots in inverted commas and people are out there for giggles, um, it really is dangerous. And, uh, you know, picking up in your instance a wheel bearing, if that failed halfway up Mount Clarence or yeah. Mount Adelaide, it could be a bit nasty. Yeah, it could be. So actually, and we'll uh, just jump back a second there. At the last round of the Targa Sprint down at Quinana, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen it, uh, Steve Jones and yeah, Cash, yep. Carlo Bash, had a, a fuel fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on YouTube. I believe it's also on the Targa website. I it's think. on our Facebook yeah. page, yeah. Um, and I know Steve sent yourself a very mm-hmm. interesting email. Um, shout out to Steve. I know he does actually listen every now and then. Um, even after the video, I went, whoa, like, they were my words. Um, yeah. It was a pretty serious fire, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I showed Nick the video. If you haven't seen it, yeah, we can probably link it up on our, mm. our site. It really went up yeah. quick, and I, I saw the video, someone had sent it to me, and I rang up Jonesy, and I said, look, Jonesy, can we use this as a bit of a training tool? Um, and he said, you've preempted my call. He yeah. Because I was going to wait until Monday and call you. I called him on the weekend, of course. Um, so he said, yeah, look, happy to use it as training. And I had a chat to him for, mate, it would have been half an hour on the phone. And his first comment was, he said, Dave, you know, you know me. You've known me for ages. He said, you might think not a lot rattles me. He said, but that shook me big time. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just that it happened so quickly. And he was thinking, you know, the event before. You know, Dave Heaton, who's the owner of the car, and his son were driving. You know, what would have happened if it was Dave and his son instead of Steve and Cashy, who were arguably a bit more experienced? Yeah. What would have happened to the car? So, very, very big learning curve. And, you know, in his email that's on, on the Facebook page, um, which is under Targa West Events, um, is our Facebook page, have a look at it because it really does highlight to people that they really need to look at just little things like practice getting the extinguisher out. Yeah. You know, do it with your eyes closed. Because Cash's comment was, he said, I hopped out of the car. He said, I was out of the car within three seconds. Yeah. But it's dark. It's in the footwell. Yeah. You know, I can't see it. Um, you know, there was a, he's got a, a rally art carbon fibre floor pan in there. Yeah. He said, just the way it was, said, it was just hard to get out. Yeah. And practice it. Yeah. Yeah, I've changed the location of mine now, and I've put a second one in the car. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But we do tell rookies all the time to practice just simple things, putting yeah. your belts on and off, getting in and out of the car. Who's going to do what? 
when something happens? Who's going to go and put the red triangle out if you park on the side of the road? Who's going to get the fire extinguisher? Who's going to... And if you practice that in your workshop, whether you're in racing or railing or speedway or drags or whatever, but if you work out who's going to do what before you go out on an event, well, it'll fall into place. But yeah. if you've never discussed it with your co-driver, well, it'll be like, well, what do I do now? And by that time, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. It, it was actually really interesting to, to watch the video from an outsider's perspective because although it, it seemed to take Cashy a while to get the extinguisher out, everything worked perfectly. So they both got out of the car straight away. Yeah. Cashy was getting his extinguisher. The next car on scene, they basically were giving their extinguisher. Then the third car on scene, you know, Jones has raced over to Brockers to get his extinguisher yeah. out. So it took over two, two, two kilos. So it took over four kilos of extinguisher plus some of the third one just to keep it under control. Yeah. And, and luckily the cars are only 20 to 30 seconds apart down at the motorplex. If that was a gravel rally, they'd be two minutes apart. Yeah. 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 So, rule eye opener. Yeah, it was. No, it certainly wasn't. I mean, in drag racing, it's the old blindfold test now. They put your blindfold on you, and you've got to demonstrate that you can get out of the car in a safe manner. And um, if your car has onboard fire extinguishers, also get to that as well. Um, yeah, it's called the, the blindfold test. And I think we've seen in the last two years i would say a real focus on fires in in cars mm -hmm. even in the nhra in drag racing in drag racing in australia as well certainly been a focus on fires because they are the, the harder we push our cars the more like the, the, the things can become volatile in that situation and and it's restricted as well to get in and out because even worse in a drag car you know with a rally car you've now got the carlos bars you've got winged seats you've got mm. a hans device on and to actually get out in a hurry is quite tricky. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm actually going to cast back a long time here. Uh oh. And there's been um, uh, Sean Keating when he had the accident with. Well, I actually did suggest that Cashy was the common denominator. No, I was so, just going to say that. So I was going to be nice. <laughs> for, for those that aren't aware, Sean and Cashy actually um, went a very long way down a hill at Forest Rally a few years ago. Yeah. And I think, I can't remember how many hits the video got, but it was 200, the video just went viral. Yeah. Um, as, as Sean and Cashy, literally 10 minutes after they've rolled down a hill and ridden off a car, um, actually went up at the top of the hill and, and explained and ro walked down the hill and yeah. explained you know, what had happened. Um, again, fair play to, to Sean Keating and Cashy because um, we sent out the car. Normally when drivers crash, they don't want the car to be seen. You know, the car yeah. disappears under a cover and hides away. Sean actually asked the towie to actually take it back into NANUP and put it on display to show people the importance of having a good roll cage and yep. good safety equipment. So, But, yeah, cash is the common denominator. If you're oh. out there, cash, you're listening, <laughs> mate. No offence, mate, but you're not co-driving for me. Yeah, and I was actually going to say that was my point, was the uh, safety equipment. That's what You don't go so. fast enough, Dave. I don't think <laughs> you're going to go. <laughs> That's because cash, he hasn't co-drive for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Anyway, look, heading, getting back to Targa Albany Sprint, what, what can we look forward to there? The guys that were here last week were elaborated on some different viewing areas as well yep. that I wasn't familiar with. Can you yeah. elaborate on that a bit? So the Middleton Beach is the main spectator point. That's where everyone will need to come to anyway because mm -hmm. it's from there. And um, just above the Three Anchors Cafe, it's only a little spectator point, but there's a set of steps up there into a picnic area on the edge of the road. And they can wander up there or they can take the broad walk, the park walk which goes around the bottom of the hill 
and there's a, a lookout one third of the way up the hill and um, at that lookout well it's designed for looking at whales but we'll be looking at rally cars <laughs> yeah. looking the other way instead of looking, well, looking out of the ocean. Denver's but, car is a whale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah we've, we've well, no, it's a, a chicane 100 metres beforehand so they'll zigzag through there and then um, be picking up speed as they go through that spectator point so um, yes, it's just increased the availability for people to come and have a watch and see something. Well, I don't, I don't, was that available last year? No, I don't, no it wasn't. No, yeah, no. I didn't think so. Yeah, so the, the broad walk will be open the whole way, so the locals can keep walking through there, which a lot of them do. Um, it's a fair way off the course. We'd have to have a, a, an impossible crash <laughs> for anyone to get down to yeah. that broad walk. So yeah. we've opened it up, and um, you'll have some spectator marshals up there. Yeah, okay. And it'll be a good spot, so... Well, I look forward to heading up there. Yeah. I might, um, I could do with the walk. Yeah, Todd, and I'll head up there and, and watch you from from. <laughs> You're going to drive up, Todd? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll drive up. I'll meet you at the top, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm lo- looking forward to that. I think that's something that could a real added bonus to that event because watching it from the beach was really it was good too. This we were right in the starting line yeah. last year. It was a, it mm. was excellent. But I think if we can have some elevated spectator points, I think that's awesome. Another elevation is the Shannons are bringing their bus over. Which Super. Rig. The super rig, which race wars might have told you as well. Mm-hmm. So, effectively, you can be on top of a double decker bus and um, sit up there. And if you're getting a bit bored with that, you can go down and and, and they've got um, games to play downstairs in their bus. So, yeah, there's yeah. going to be nice activity going on. And around there, we'll have a dozen or so cars that are not competing but on display. Yeah, okay, all yeah. right. The, yeah. other, the other thing that's a bit different is the, the um, we've got access to the whole car park now. So the whole car park is ah, the service area. Thought, so last yeah. year was a little bit cramped. Um, so the city of Albany have been really supportive in, in that and actually given us access to the whole car park. Um, so the crews will be able to spread out a little bit. And the other thing we're doing is instead of coming down the hill and going back into the car park, past where all the cars are lined up ready for their, their run, they'll actually come down and, and turn left and go around the back and come back in the top of the car park to try and sort of, uh, I guess, minimise yeah, yep. the traffic so that's in there. Gonna, yeah, okay, so they're coming down the hill, then they'll make a left Like a turn. left at the roundabout? Yes. Right, right, and into the top back up where the yeah, caravan okay. park is. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to make it a bit more free-flowing. Now, obviously, there's a couple of cars that aren't registered, so they'll still have to turn right into the, the closed road section, but most of the registered cars or permitted cars will actually go around the block. Um, which will smooth the traffic flow no end. Yeah, yeah, no, that is that's 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 really good because yeah, yeah that was probably a little bit of a, a hold up in proceedings last yeah. year with the cars coming back down there. Not that it was too bad, but it was actually a good opportunity to see a lot of those cars under. Mm-hmm. It's funny because some of the good photos that Ash Westwood took were actually at them coming back coming down back the hill. Down, yes. <laughs> so there were some really good photos just because the cars were a bit slow yeah. and sort of waving in bits and pieces. Yeah. So. It's a it's a good entry field. It's it's um you know Matt James Wallace won last year. Um, I think he was happy. Or other people were probably a bit peeved that the event got cut short because of rain. But um, he was quite happy. But he won won last year. He's back on board this year. And a lot of usual competitors from the Rally Sprints and Targa West. You know, Will White, Mark Greenham, Dennis Eller, They're all Evos. Bill Stagel as well will be a bit of a dark horse, I reckon. Um, Chris Caruso's trotted out the, the Wildcat Viper and the Wildcat Corvette. Yes. Um, so he'll get more runs up the hill than anyone else. Um, and there's all sorts of cars from you know, Denver's Whale. Uh, Mark, Cates, Mark Cates has got a brand new um, GT3 RS. Um, we've even got a Tesla. Who Tell us it? a little bit about the Tesla. Because oh, do I have to? No. 
Okay. You don't have to. But. Okay. <laughs> 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 so it was a Simon. Simon should talk about yeah. the Tesla. He seems to have an opinion on electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Um, I don't know. Ross, you want to touch on the Tesla? Oh, it's, it's a really, really nice car. And, mm. and it's class at our rally sprints. It's been coming second each time. So no, it's probably not going to win on the hill climb, but it'll certainly be um, setting fast times. And it, it just takes off as fast as everybody else, but you don't hear it. Mm. And that's when you've been standing on the start line and having your eardrums blasted away, and then someone takes off and you go, oh, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. just disappears. Like, yeah. the torque that that thing has off the line is just phenomenal. It's a, a 2019 Tesla Model 3 Performance Plus. It's the smallest, wow. smallest yeah. model name in history. Um, <laughs> and Jürgen, Jürgen Lundsman's driving it. Um, and yeah, I reckon it'll be a dark horse. I think yeah. if they can get the, you know, can keep some boost the charge up because it's only four k stage roughly. Um, yeah. I reckon they'll they'll be a bit of a dark horse. It'll certainly be top well into the top ten, fifteen. I reckon. Yeah. So the aim of what they're doing with this event in the southwest is doing a lot of testing on how much power they're using, with the aim of um, getting the Targa West, which is a four day event, and being able to do a hundred percent of the course. Um, on the power was so last year they had to pull out of some stages because the batteries needed recharging so this year they're hoping to be able to do Tiger West and do 100% of the course and be outright competitive so it'll be interesting to see so it's the future whether we know uh, it does seem strange to have a motorsport car making no noise but <laughs> um, come the, the future there's going to be a lot more of them around Simon's not here, but I will defend him. But I think he, the point that he was trying to make was not so much is against electric cars. It was the the, the carbon footprint oh, in, in generating yeah. Yeah. fossil fuels. In yep. the, yeah, at the moment, is still not quite right. But we're all for electric cars. We, we should reiterate that. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. The trick is to solar, charge them through solar power. That's, yeah. what, that's what they're going to be doing, and that's where the future will be. Mm. So, um, yeah. I also see, I look here, John has in, entered in, did, was John in the hill, John um, Kopchev, was he in the hill climb last year? I don't believe I remember seeing no, him in the hill climb. He was in the runway, but... Yeah, so. no, I don't think he was, because I actually don't have a, what we call a seating for John, so I'm sort of going to have to guess his start position, but um, yeah, he's bringing the Gallardo out. Is mm. that here, say it? Lamb, yeah. Lamb yeah, Gallardo, but that'd be yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so, and from what I understand, that's got a bit more horsepower than a standard car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be quite interesting up the hill. Yep. Um, and, and on the, you know, we've got, um, and again, apologies if I'm saying his name right, but Minas Simios is bringing a Sylvia over, Sylvia over from Queensland. He's doing our event as well as the, the race wars. Um, everything from a you know, 1970s Escort through to a brand new, literally brand new Porsche um, GT3 RS. So we've got a whole gamut of cars going up the hill. Um, Paul Pernicelli's entered the big XY. It's my favourite. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful car, that car. Um, mate, there's a Datsun Sunny Ute. There's all, all sorts of things. It'll be this, the pits area. If you're not watching the action on the start line, walking around the pits will actually be quite good too. This is the one thing that I wanted to reiterate, and we spoke about it uh, last week with the guys from Race Wars. The hill climb brings such a diversity of cars together at the one mm. event. 
you're crazy not to go there and have a look. I think no matter what you're interested in, you're going to find something that will that will really interest you there. And you know, you the cars are leaving. It's every two minutes that it leaves. No, no, every every twenty to thirty seconds. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, if you're at the start line or any spectator point, you're going to have a car that tickles your fancy at some point coming whizzing right past you. So that that's the one thing that I really took away from from the hill climb last year. And I, looking at this list, I think that's you know. Looks like I'm going to be staying all day on Monday, Todd. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know. Well, I'll, I'll be staying with you as well because this is um, this is quite a, an exciting list to to look over here. Like when you got a 1938 Ford pickup doing motorsport, it's a different <laughs> yeah. event. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, that's that's an incredible spread you've got there, and I think you know, hats off to you guys. Best thing about this is the, the city of Albany, uh, right behind Race Wars, as no doubt they've told us, told you, and. Um, they're right behind ours as well to, to make the event success. Um, so we're working very closely with them and they're, they're brilliant supporters of motorsport. Mm. And of course, they're going to have their own motorplex down there when it gets built in the coming years. Yeah. And uh, Albany will become a regional centre of, of motorsport. So they're getting on the front foot early supporting this and race wars and Most brilliant people to deal with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been going down there on and off for probably the last 20 odd years. For the round the houses round, and there used to be the uh, speed event series hill climb mm-hmm. up Mount Clarence that some years isn't run, some years is. But mm-hmm. and I've seen some good ones down there. There was even the wind 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 farm hill, wind farm. hill climb one yeah. year that yeah, yeah I was there the year that Dick Ward had an unfortunate mm-hmm. oopsie, which uh, was a interesting weekend. But yeah, Albany they love they love it down there. They you know, do. like I don't think I've ever seen a sour face of oh there's race cars in my town. It's yeah, it's it, they are yeah. really really supportive, and and the Albany itself, like I haven't been down there for for a number of years, um, probably five or six years, but but the development that's going on down there is brilliant. Like they're doing yeah. a whole stack of development at Middleton Beach. Um, they've um, remind me to tell you about the shark cage there, um, <laughs> and then they've also got you know down on the foreshore. Is it what's the, what's the the um, like there's a movie theatre and everything yeah. along the foreshore there, the entertainment yeah. centre. Yeah. Uh, they're going great guns. Yeah. Oh, the Due South as well. Yeah, that's, Juice South, that's, yeah, that's where yeah. they had the wrap up for race wars. It's yeah. a good, good venue down there. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Superb. And of course, the Anzac Centre is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It's world class, even though we close it for the day, but come down the day <laughs> early and yeah, have a that's, look. That's right. I'll get there on the Friday as well. We'll get yeah, there on the yeah. Friday and have a look. At, uh, it's, uh, it is it is an amazing part of Western Australia. Now, I've been going to Albany a long time, and it's grown at infinitum in the last five years, yeah. I reckon. It's yeah, come definitely. a long way. One of the things we... We, we probably want to move on to like tell us a little bit about Targa West and what what we can expect this year in terms of uh, Bunbury I guess and the Southwest event and then also Targa West what what's in the pipeline for this year that that's yeah. different from previous years um, Targa Southwest will be very much the same we've got the roads down there and there's not too much we can do unfortunately as in changing it around so um, that's 23rd, 20, no, 26th to the 27th of May, the last weekend of May. Um, and then we're running um, the Targa Bunbury Sprint. Our entries for, for all of them, those three big events in Targa West will be opening on the 9th of March, so um, straight after Albany. Yep. Um, not that we expect um, Targa West to fill out straight away because it's no, a fairly big commitment, but Targa Bunbury Sprint certainly will within the first few days. Um, 
going to get 100 plus cars down there without any doubt. The change that we're going to do there is we run it, and as you know, four stages, um, what is it, anti-clockwise and then four stages clockwise, so we're going to change that around. Just, it just makes it easier if we're setting it up. Um, that'll be another brilliant event. Targa West, we're working on at the moment of um, changing what we can. Um, it'll start in Forest Place again. And we haven't let our competitors know, but we can we can announce today if you want to what we've been doing. We'll um, soon as Albany's out of the way, we'll be announcing more on Targa West. But yep. um, this afternoon we've just come back from Barbagallo Raceway, so on the Thursday we will be running a stage up there on the oh, wow. same as very similar to their point to point. So we'll start at Whiteman Park as we've always done over to Barbagallo and back to Ellenbrook. And um, for those who went to Ellenbrook last year, that was just huge. Yeah. Um, it's not really a, a rally stage as such, but it, it brings the sport to the people, which rallying we can do that. So um, we can expect you know, 5,000 people down there again. Um, Parkerville stage on the Friday, we'll be running it twice. Other stages in Kalamunda on Mundaring Weir Road and the zigzag that everybody loves, of course. Mm -hmm. And then some of the 2J stages um, will be running in the reverse direction just to make it different. Yep. The bigger stages, a lot up at Maryville, Lower Chittering, we'll be changing that again. And, yeah, um, okay. and even on Sunday, we're going to run the Malaga stage backwards in the reverse direction. Wow. Just to, wow. Yeah. Just to change it because that's what rally people like. And, and I know people love their, their racing, but. We rally people that always want different corners, different challenges and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So um, there's a limited number of roads you can choose from, so we change them around as best we can. Yeah. Well, that's exciting about Allenbrook as well. I know yeah. the people, a lot of our listeners are from the Allenbrook area through 88.5 FM, so they'll be excited to know that, that you guys are back in Allenbrook. I know, Todd, I was actually away the Thursday evening for work, but Todd was managed to get down there and did a live cross for the radio station. Yeah, and it, it was... was very exciting from all reports. And picked at a point, it was huge. I had to park my car almost in Averley. <laughs> uh, no word of a lie. Like I had to, yeah, almost park at Averley and uh, walk walk down. And then, yeah, pretty much was awesome. Like that was just mm. awesome to see that. And, yeah, I was right at the start line, sort of yelling at Dave across here. <laughs> and, yeah, they were going off. like, And I was across to them to the radio and... The guys in Ellenbrook loved it, and on yeah, Ellenbrook FM, um, they absolutely loved it. So, I'm sure yeah. now that um, the Ellenbrook Community Collective will help us run that and put it together, um, they'll just make the off-stage stuff even bigger and better. And um, no, the businesses down there, they were still flat out long after the last rally car had left. They were still mm. selling their, their meals and drinks and burgers and whatever. So um, we can show that um, the Ellenbrook people, it'll become bigger and better each year as we go there. Yeah, I need to make a concerted effort this year not to arrange trips to yeah. the other parts of the state to, for that. I won't conflict us. So do you, want, do you want the dates, Nick, so you can put them in your calendar? <laughs> yeah. so It'll be the, will it be the Thursday? Again? Yeah, so, so Targa West is from the 6th to the 9th of August. Yep. Um, going backwards, we've got the GT Fabrication Targa Bunbury Sprint, which is the 27th and 28th of June. Mm -hmm. And then back again, Makes Making History Targa West is on the 22nd to 23rd of May. Yeah, okay. All right, and there you go. Targa South West is in Pemberton, of course. Uh, Pemberton, Northcliffe and, and Manjimup, So, Yep, some great, great areas down there. I love love getting down to Manjimup when I can. Yeah. It's a great Again, that's another world. place. It's just, it's just so spectacular down there. Actually, here mm. you go, on the spot question. Uh-oh. Uh, Targa South West, how many years now? 11. 
There you go. Thank you. I remember being at the first one as a well, spectator and other bits. And well, at the time, I thought this is pretty special. And I think I've gone to almost every one as a spectator since. Yeah. So. Well, this will be your first year as a competitor. Yeah, hopefully. Well, you've passed, well, you will have passed scrutiny for yeah. Albany. So. And I'll have the Cajun and all yeah, the rest of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Done. Just need a co-driver still. Yeah. Cashy. <laughs> 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 That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Targa West is up to its 16th year, so. Wow. Mm, yeah, time flies. Yeah. Yeah, it does, it does. But I, I think it's, as I said before, it's a, it's a huge motorsport event for Western Australia and one that uh, I think Western Australians have really, you know, really grown to love it. Uh, a lot of people that I know aren't into motorsport at all, but they will know about Targa West or get down on the... The Friday night is great as well when you're in Northbridge. Northbridge. Yeah. That, is, that is huge for a lot of people that aren't into it. Mm-hmm. Get down there, get something to eat, mingle with the drivers, have photos with Jim Richards. I did that one year. I had a photo with Jim Richards, and uh, just it's it's a great great event yeah. to, to get like down it's there. Strange, like Dave and I wear our t-shirts from time to time, and you go into a shop to to buy something, and they go, oh, "What do you got to do with Targa West?" And when you say that you run it, their eyes open up, <laughs> and the next minute they say, "You know where they've been and where they've watched it, and yeah. go out every t- every time to go out and see it." And um, and we were doing uh, doing some work out at Ellenbrook long before the event and we were just sitting there eating our lunch and a woman came up to us and sort of said, oh, I see you guys with Targa West, I live out on the, the Maryville stage or wherever it was yeah. and away she went mm. talking she about the experience. To, she wanted us to change it so it went past her, her house again because <laughs> it had moved. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why we keep changing Maryville is people keep saying, oh, when's it going past my house? <laughs> yeah. so, which, is, which is a good problem to it have. It is a good problem to have. Yeah. I know some residents have been doing as well that, that kind of missed it like it hasn't gone past their house anymore they they really enjoyed there was a lamborghini one year i don't know whose it was the 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 flames out of the pipes is that oh, really, they're really Ho- john nadad from truck wholesale leased one one year and that yeah. thing almost caught fire yeah, yeah just <laughs> spewing flames out the back of it yeah. but they miss it immensely yep. <laughs> so that, there you go there's some some yeah. feedback which it's, i'm sure it's an inst- well, it's almost an institution and that, i mean Ross will be able to tell you how long, but you know, makes making history and Healthway have been supporters of it virtually from the very beginning. The very beginning. Mm. So, you know, to have a naming right sponsor that's with you for 16 years is a testament to, I guess, yeah. the relationship. And we've got to be doing something right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I guess while we're on that, are there any other sponsors or people you need to thank? Or yeah. <laughs> Shannon's Insurance, of course. Mm-hmm. They um, back all our events. Like we could rattle on for some time with all our sponsors, <laughs> which. We really appreciate with Targa West, um, City of Perth get right behind us, as do all the other um, councils. And it, it's amazing, like I say, I've been running rallies for 40 years and it was sort of, oh, yeah, you're the rally guy, but now a lot of the towns welcome you with open arms because you're bringing event into the towns. And so the whole event management scene has changed with, with no, whether it's City of Bunbury, City of Bustleton or or Albany or, or a small country town, they just welcome motorsport into the town because we will be there, we'll provide some entertainment as we call it, social capital where people come out of their houses and, and see something different in their town or whether it's the fact that we're buying fuel and food and drinks and beds and everything else when we're in a town so mm, yep. the, the, no, they all welcome us and it's good dealing with local governments mm, yeah and the city of perth as well i mean that the, the the langley park stage on the on the 9th of august which th- that's just huge um that that event there sorry dave's telling me to click on something here <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> 
but, I, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the the city of Perth, and and the, the people that get behind that is 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 um, is huge, and their their support, and as you said, all the local shires that get behind the event. The other thing we probably need to mention: your events free of charge. Yes, like you just wander in in a secure. Yep. Spectating as area, far, of as course. far as spectating, obviously. Yeah. Well, the competitors have to no, play, no. don't they, Tom? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah fun But yeah, spectate, and that's that's really important as well. I mean, the the without harping on about it too much, these these are world class cars, um, and it's free for spectators to watch. World class drivers and cars. Yeah, and, and you can either wander up to them in the service park, and if you see any of our photos, like in the main street of Kalamunda or wherever you'll see more spectators wandering around cars than the actual competitors there or wander out on the stage and see competition or mix it all up like you can either just wander up and um, get up close to the cars and get a bit of a fix or you can spend four days wandering around watching it but mm. um, from our point of view if you love it that much you'd like you to come out and do a road closure or whatever <laughs> to come and be part of the sport and learn more about it because um, for Targa West, for instance, we need um, you know, close to 500 officials to put wow. it all on. So, yeah. um, and through social media, and as you say, the, the event's got that name. So once we start saying we need officials, they sort of, people we've never heard of start mm-hmm. registering to volunteer. But even to run um, the Albany Sprint, um, what I suppose what we're reasonably good at doing is, is finding our officials, which we're very, very thankful for all those who help us. But... It's only three k's with one road closure, two road closures, and we've got 50 officials just, just to make sure all the chicanes are done properly and everyone's parked in the service park properly. Um, for Bunbury, it's whatever, it's just over four kilometres long, 25 corners, and we've got over 100 officials come come mm. and help us. So we're very lucky, but um, but the big events with a lot of road closures, we you know, we just got to keep keep running good events and wanting people to become a big part of it, which is good. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. Dave, do you want to get into those sponsors there? Oh, no. no okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> give them a plug. As you ask. Plate. I guess for, for, for Targa West, or Makes Making History Targa West, obviously Healthway and Makes Making History Message. Um, we've already touched on all the, the cities. In fact, um, City of Perth are, are um, big supporters, City of Perth and City of Perth Parking, because they're actually the ones that uh, asked us what else we could do, hence the celebration of motorsport on Langley Park. So it's gone from just the Shannon's Classics on the park, which is you know, classic cars, to a much bigger display of you know, three to 400 motorsport-oriented cars, mm. boats, bikes, off-road buggies, like anything to do with motorsport. Um, Chittering, Kalamunda, 2J, City of Swan, um, Whiteman Park, obviously, Mundaring. Um, big shout-out to Shannon's and James and the team from Shannon's who sponsor all our events. Um, Ties and More uh, Mobile. We've got Bendigo Bank have come on board the last couple of years and they um, really support us up at the Kalamunda um, in the service park. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll actually... Forestwood and Highwick and Community Bank branches of the Bendigo Bank Mm-hmm. Don't reckon that's hard to remember. <laughs> uh, Subaru uh, in Osmond Park, uh, Storage King in Perth Airport, um, Go Gear 96FM, and, and obviously, as Ross has already touched on, Ellenbrook Collective, and there's a, a number of other community groups. Um, so that's all for uh, Access Hire as well. They've come on board recently. Yeah. Um, Access Hire, um, Mark Cates owns the, the Porsche GD3 RS and regular competitor in the rally sprints and, and Targas. So he's come on board as a sponsor of his business. Um, and he's sponsoring Targa Southwest as well, 
So again, Targa Southwest right. is yeah. make smoking history. Targa Southwest, um, and we obviously get support from from City of Shire of Manjimup, isn't it? Shire of Manjimup and cuts transport from down there. And, oh, okay, um, yeah. And um, Manjimup uh, truffles. Manjimup truffles. Um, our Blakers. Yep, our Blakers again a competitor. Um, obviously GT fabrication, darting up removals um, for the Bunbury Sprint. Um, Shannon's again on board there and obviously with Race Wars we've again got Shannon's Make Smoking History, the High Blur and big big up to the City of Albany who are very, very strong supporters. Mm. It's quite a gamut of supporters yeah. and sponsors for the for the Targa West, but it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a reputable company, you want to get behind a reputable brand like Targa West. So, yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer to me. But yeah, no, guys, like we're really looking forward to it. Like it's only two weeks away. Um, it's only the second time it's run, first time that we'll be running it, and as you say, the number of different cars and the number of different drivers. It's going to be an exciting weekend, and. Um, we're well and truly planning ahead. Um, like Dave virtually works on the next event, and I'm working mm. you know, months ahead to start getting the approvals processed into place. So once um, Albany's out of way, and then on the 12th of March we've got our last um, rally sprint down at the Motorplex, the Shannon Targa Rally Sprint. Um, like we've been hitting over 90 cars down there each round this year. So. If you haven't been down there, it's just a terrific sitting out there on a, on a balmy uh, summer evening and motorsport going on all around you. Once again, it's free to get in there. We see that on Facebook all the time, you know, how much does it cost to get in. So even at the <laughs> motorplex, it's free, and I don't think there's many things at the motorplex that's free. So, no. um, Shout out to Ray. It's the one we touched on, you know, free spectating and everything. We sort of... Uh, Rallying in general, and I guess rally sprints are different because it is at a, at a motorsport venue, but rallying in general is probably the only form of motorsport that actually takes the action to the people mm. instead of the people coming to a, a specific venue. That's right. Um, and we didn't touch on rally sprints, so high-speed engineering, big thumbs up, Auto Pro Canning Vale, S-Technic, and again, Axis Hire, Perth Motorsport Tyres. <laughs> Slip a few of those in there. Yeah. And, and the motorplex is, is really good to us. They're terrific. Like they allow us to use all their, their telehandlers and their concrete barriers. And and um, Gavin and Mikey down there just um, bend over backwards to help us put yeah. the event mm. together. So good good bunch of guys to deal with. The one thing I want to touch on with the with the rally sprint, I you you Todd had spoken to Simon and myself at length about the the, the, the circuit. I watched a bit of video, in-car video, and I cannot believe how fast that those cars are getting around the back bit of the track there. It's, it is phenomenal. They yeah. accelerate so fast. Cars, I mean, <laughs> it like is modern phenomenal. cars are just amazing. Nick, you'll have to come down. We'll yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm we'll going to try and get there for the, 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 the... Well, I'm happy to watch. <laughs> no, no, no. Get, <laughs> get in the car. We'll put you in with someone, yeah, responsible. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm just trying to think who. Yeah. <laughs> but dead set, come down. It, it, it absolutely, like, it literally, you feel it. Like, it literally churns your guts. Yeah. How fast these things accelerate yeah, and go around corners. It. When you, you were explaining the, the track to me, and I was like, I don't even remember. Come down that return road. I don't remember a side road that turns off. Then I'm watching on the video. I couldn't believe the speed they the were getting track. through yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to refer to it as go track, but that's, oh, what, that's what we call it. Yeah, yeah that's what I call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was phenomenal. So, no, hats off to those guys. I was I was truly impressed by that. The thing about rally cars is the part of the acceleration. Like naturally, they're, going, they're not going to be the same as a drag car or something like mm. that. 
but they're braking. So not only do you get that acceleration and, and you realise, hey, we're going pretty quick, but when there's a block of concrete or, or a tree or something that's coming up to you, and especially on the gravel cars, you, you just think it's, it's impossible for these things to stop. And then, and then the drivers just whack on the brakes and it's hard up against the seat belts and, and you go, gee, I thought my life was coming to an end. Yeah. And around the corner they go. Yeah, it's, they're, they're pretty special. The cars are really good and mm. the guys who can do the top speeds, they're amazing. And, um, and just to come down and see um, Troy Wilson's, mm. and hopefully he's going to, he did a blue turbo last time, hopefully he's coming down again. But um, him, Jonesy's just pulled out because of the, the fire that he had. But Apparently they're enhancing it, so yeah, heaven okay. knows he was already two <laughs> seconds faster than him, so God knows what he's going to be yeah. like this time. But those top cars, and, and say even down at Albany to see Will White and Mark Greenham and those guys take off, and Matt James Wallace just blew my eyes away last year <laughs> watching him take off from the start line. It was one minute it's here and the next minute he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those guys, to be fair, didn't have much lead-up or practice there, did they, at all? I mean, they did a an no. installation lap. Yeah, yeah they the would have done yeah. reconnaissance, yep. Yeah, that was about it. And, yep. uh yeah, then they'll back down the hill and into it. So that that, yeah. that, that did impress me, to be honest. So I'm not paying favoritism, but Matt James Wallace, mm. who does listen to it every now and then, hats off last year for taking it out because that car had been in the build mm-hmm. on and off for a very long time. I knew about it. And he literally went, oh, I'm entering an event, rolled out and won it. And I'm like, I just looked at him and went, yeah, good on you. Like, just good on you. So, yeah, he's a good peddler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, look, thanks for coming in. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. People can find info at targawest.com.au. Go to the website there. You've got a Facebook page of the same name, I believe. Um, so, yeah, they can find all the information there. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for the invite. Cheers, we'll see you yeah. next time. No, no worries. worries. I'm going to say uh, thank you for coming on, and we'll probably have yourself, Ross, back on shortly to discuss all things Gravel Rally. Yep, more than happy to do that. Yes, yeah, thank you, because there's the Forest Rally coming up on now. Oh, the dates here we go 17th of April yeah um, before that we've got an amazing event up on um, Baker's Hill up on Tolly, um, Tolly Chalice's farm on the 28th oh, yeah. of March so if we could get a, a, a little bit on that event and the, the season of the WA Rally Championship and the Forest Rally would be terrific excellent yeah, yeah no worries no, so. no problems all Cheers, right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for that. All, All right. right. Take care. Mike. Thank you. See ya. All right. It was great to have Dave Smith and Ross Tapper of Targa West. Thanks for organising that, Todd. Much appreciated. No worries. It's always good to have those guys in. And uh, look, Todd, tell us, you alluded to it before, the Evo, your Evo, has failed scrutineering. Yep. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. So I went up to, uh, I'm going to give a plug here, Northside Nissan, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jai and uh, the boys up there. Yep. Who were doing the scrutineering for um, well race wars and for the Targa Albany Sprint? Yep. Uh, extensive. Like, they put it up on a hoist. They do the whole kit and die, and there's no there's no ifs and buts. There's no fifty bucks under the table. It's you pass or fail. Hmm. Uh, essentially, I had a left worn wheel bearing uh, at the front, um, and also a two arm bush in the rear of the car that was. Worn enough, the arm was moving around. So, you know, which is good to know. Um, the good thing is, uh, they've pointed it out. I still have a week and a bit to sort the car out and get it sort of scrutiny in again. And, yeah, for me, it's just it's good to know. Because I, yeah. 
I mean, I drive that car. It's your daily driver. Yeah, he has been my daily driver for a while. It's like, oh, okay. The one thing that you alluded to when you were talking before, which a lot of us would wouldn't realise, when a car's up on a hoist. Yeah, it depends on the type of hoist, of course. But but in, in most hoists, the suspension is unloaded. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So you wouldn't have the ability to know a wheel bearing failure. Yeah. Would you know without without the car, the suspension, or the wheel being unloaded? It's quite difficult to detect a wheel bearing that's on its way out. Yeah, and actually, to be fair, I'm a good friend of the podcast and a good friend of mine, uh, Turkish. Mm. He actually pointed out the other day and asked me, well, didn't you go over the car? And I said, well, I did, but on the ground. And yeah. I'd, I'd think I'd swapped the wheels on this car probably three times in the last three weeks. And I just had it up on jack stands, but still the wheel was maybe just touching the ground or wasn't completely unloaded. It's difficult to detect a yeah. wheel bearing f- uh, failure. And yeah, anyway, what I did On the was, ground or even with, yeah. I did the old... Turn the nut back half a turn, turn it forward half a turn, gave it a bit of a play and went, you know, I must admit it felt not great, but then again, I'm like, it's not terrible. Mm. And then I sort of gave it, you know, you turn it back half a turn, load it back up and it felt pretty good to me. But I actually watched the guy scrutiny of the car. He was grabbing that wheel like there was a hurricane coming. Mm. And that's what it needed to actually show me, no, no. Under load, heaps of load, this wheel bearing is going to fail. Like, you know, I can repack it with grease. I can do all the things I want. It's... No, if it's been... Yeah, if it's flogged yeah. out, it's flogged out. That repacking the grease doesn't <clears> generally... So, and um, I've also had to add... I've had it on another hoist, but I've had it on a wheel alignment hoist mm. where the car only goes up, we'll say, shoulder height, not even, a bit lower than shoulder height, and you can't really see underneath the car as such. Mm. And at the time, I never checked as well. Like, I wasn't looking for anything failing i was doing a wheel alignment so now i'm actually like oh hang on that's good to know yeah so uh yeah and when i get some of the bits fixed for to pass scrutineering i'll actually my own peace of mind be getting a few other things checked out and i've got a funny feeling i'll be one or two things that are borderline i'm gonna do them now peace of mind just add that safety of it features the car well Mm. yeah done (laughs) No, well, that's good, Todd. That's uh, excellent to hear, and um, yeah, that's uh, it's good to know that um, you know this this is all getting sorted. And um, fingers crossed, we're right yeah. for the hill climb on Monday. Yeah, we should be. So. One way or another, the car will be down in Albany, won't it? Oh, yeah, it will be. Yeah. yeah, it'll be on our stand, the Talking Power stand. You can see it with Denver Parkers. Yep. And this is an R32, 33. 33. God, my, my youngest son will shoot oh, me. Oh, Denver, so will my son. Yeah, Denver listens. Hi, Denver. He knows his skyline's inside out. He'll be devastated that I yeah. got that wrong. 33 four-door as well. So there you go. Anyway, moving I on. I should know better. <laughs> hey, look, anyway, we'll take a short break here and we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Nick from the Talk and Power podcast. You can catch us every Saturday morning from 8.30am to 10am on 88.5 FM. We talk all things motorsports. Okay, episode 79 of the Talk and Power podcast. We had on earlier David Smith and Ross Tapper of Targa West. It was great to have them on board. Great to have them on board. Yeah, that's right, Nick. And uh, moving on through the proceedings this afternoon or tonight. Sound uh, very formal there, Todd. 
Oh, do I? Moving yeah. on through the proceedings for this afternoon. Oh, I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be professional. It's only been a year, like, so, you know. I'm getting good. Right. Yeah, getting there. Um, so the, uh, well, the 60th annual Winter Nationals, NHRA mm. Winter Nationals, that is, uh, from Pomona. Pomona. Elephant in the rooms, Todd. No Steve Torrance. Now, the formal part of this, the K Torrance, confirmed on the Monday before the event that uh, the one and only reason why they were not attending the event was um, NHRA's uh, ability not to deal with their appeal that they had in place. If you recall, we spoke about it at length, um, the last event at the... um, the grand final event yeah. uh, the NHRA uh, Steve Torrance was involved in an incident with young Cameron Foray uh, where he pushed him away for yeah. a face <laughs> face push there <laughs> and, face uh, push. Yeah, okay. the NHRA uh, hit him with um, a couple of um, penalties one was um, attending anger management another one was a fine so the team, team Torrance were appealing that uh, the NHRA had not dealt with that appeal prior to this event, and they were not attending that event until that was going to be heard, that appeal. Wow. The talk around town was that he, really him not attending was in protest of the countdown. I, I don't believe that was the case. I think I, I take Kate Torrance's on board what she said there, that they weren't attending this event because of, of that. Um, but there's been a lot of talk about the countdown or the change to the countdown. And, you know, if we had Simon here tonight, he would be talking about, at length, about what a debacle the countdown is. So the countdown is like what we'd call the finals. We've had, They've had it for a few years yep. where you get yourself into the countdown. You need to win um, a certain amount of events or you need to, to qualify for the countdown. They've now watered that down even further, the NHRA. So in Top Fuel and Nitro Funny Car... Um, you need to uh, compete at all 18 events in the regular season and run a minimum of two qualifying sessions at each of those events, and you will get a spot in the countdown. So basically, if you commit full-time to the whole series in Top Fuel Funny Car, and you can get the car down for at least two of the qualifying sessions, you're in the countdown. Now, I think that's... (laughs) Here's my thing. Yeah. Let's just go back to basics. Why can't we just have a championship with an accumulation of points? He with the most points at the end of the season wins. Yeah, exactly. We've gone away from that because we want to make the final event exciting. We want to make it as exciting as possible. Um, unfortunately, uh, we've done that in a way because we get to the final event and not, not all championships are decided. Um, but I think that's how motorsport has been built yeah. for the last umpteen years um anyway that's just my view on it that's just my view so no no as someone that's saying to watch a bit more nhra again and i say again because i used to watch it mm. pretty religiously years ago yep it's even confusing me at the moment and i'm kind of like uh okay um yeah let's just do this and see how this goes but hey i mean it's still amazing to watch but it is it is an amazing sport it's yeah. been a passion of mine for a long time I tell you what, thinking, talking of a passion, Jake Coglin Jr. He must be rethinking his retirement. He's this is his final year. He's kicked off the Winter Nationals. Him and Jason Lyon 
went to the final. Both guys have announced their retirement. This will be their swan song. They both made it to the final. And Jeff Coughlin, Jake Coughlin, sorry, Jr., took the win. It was amazing. So yeah. do you reckon he's probably sitting back thinking, hey, maybe I should run <laughs> one more year, have another crack at Erica? Yeah, but, well, yeah, probably. But the problem is, you, what happens when you do one more time? I don't know. He's he's young. He's still young. He's only my age, Jig. So well, there you go. So anyway, you never know. Ron Caps, I think it, Ron Caps getting to the event was phenomenal. Their trailer was literally torched. Uh, I think it was seven or ten days earlier, and that car was looked like a piece of toast, literally, and not from over. It was tr- running down the highway caught on fire they managed to get that car back into shape but it's not just that the car got torched their tools all their equipment everything was was burnt to a cinder so hats off to ron caps and the team there get that car make it to the event Uh, jack bettman ended up taking the taking the win uh, against uh, john force so you know and doug kalita just to wrap up here and top fuel he's made it three winter nationals in a row uh, he went up against Austin Proc in the final. Austin went up in tie spin straight away on, on the line. Um, but yeah, Doug Kalita, three top fuel finals at Winter Nationals in a row. So that's an incredible feat for Doug Kalita. Maybe this is his year. I sincerely hope so. He's been around the sport for a long, long time. So Nick, liked hmm. at 11. I, uh, I saw a bit of a video on the internet of something pretty exciting happening here. Um, can you tell us a bit about it? Talk about separation, Todd. Marcus Burt, king of separation. Let's just have a look at this video here. And for those that you are listening, which is everyone, yeah, <laughs> go to the Drag Illustrated website and watch this video. This is awesome. Now, for those that you that didn't know what on earth what that was all about, Marcus Burt has gotten into a wheelie, kept his foot into it. Now, he does say that he got out of it. I, I dispute that, Marcus, but he <laughs> yeah. probably did. But um, it was just getting some real air time. But then he got a lot of air time. It actually got airborne. The car was airborne. And that was a good, what do you reckon, like a good three, four metres in the air. Yeah, and it caught the bottom of the car and actually acted like a windbreak. That's yeah. how, how vertical, horizontal vertical it was. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, that car's come back to earth, back back down from orbit, uh, landed kind of in his lane, in the, in the maybe the centre, and he's managed to keep it off the wall. He did not hit the wall, did not spin around, did not roll the car, but there was enough damage just staying there. He was not able to participate in the rest of the event. But I'll tell you what, if that does not give you goosebumps then nothing will like a, a, a car that can just head to orbit like that is is incredible he's going the left hand the guy in the right hand lane sorry against him is mark mickey we've spoken about him he did hold the radial record uh no longer does uh he was running in x275 as well so yeah it was wow. a amazing event amazing event yeah i mean um i think he needs a new pair of underpants and a lotto ticket but hey well, he's obviously picked up Stevie Fast tunes. Well, was tuning his car. Yeah. Um, speaking of Stevie Fast, went on to win the event. 
also forgot to mention he top qualified as well stevie fast so stevie fast would top qualify with a 355 uh, at 215 mile an hour um and um you know in the end he just the the cream always rises to the top yeah no it does so uh I mean, and an honourable mention you've got sort of underlined here, and we were talking about sort of off air was uh, Melanie Salimi. Melanie, what a magnificent job! Even though she didn't top qualify, she actually ran the fastest ET for the meet during eliminations. Now, she has reset the record with a three point five four with a six. Now that actually ties. Uh, with Stevie Fast Jackson's ET from the US Street Nationals that we were harping on about in our last podcast. But she takes the record because her mile an hour was slightly higher than Stevie Fast's in that run. Funnily enough, Stevie Fast went on to get highest mile an hour of this event as well. But big shout out to Melanie Salimi. In the end, as I said, David Reese came up against Stevie Fast Jackson in the final. Uh, it was a great final. Now, the other thing we forgot to mention, there's a new small block record as well for radial. Uh, David Reese took that out. So David Reese holds the new small block record in radial. That's a 358 with a zero at 205 mile an hour. That is incredible. That is incredible. We talked about Marty Stinnett probably two years ago. Yeah. He ran into the sevens, and that was mind-blowing. We're talking small block stuff here. Uh, yeah. This guy, uh, David Reese has done a uh, reset. I mean, I, I think, you know, we are knocking on the door. Sweet 16 is on in uh, next month. Yep. I think 40s are a formality, Todd. Yeah, which is fast. When I said to Simon a couple of years ago, 50s were a formality, he kind of laughed. But yeah. You can see a whole... There's <laughs> yeah. small blocks doing 50s now, so yeah. I think this is... You know... And the crowd that was there, in- incredible. Like, look at that. Look at that. I mean, if you, yeah, you no, can't see that, but look at that crowd. That's, that's, that is incredible. No, that's back to the glory days of radio race. You know, they kind of, the crowd kind of dropped off in the last couple of years, but this is what they were getting probably five or six years ago. That is incredible. Look at that. I mean, I, again, as a person that's getting back into all this drag racing for America, mm. you do watch the events they have and like, but it's booked out. Like, yeah. It's a sellout. Um, it's amazing. Again, it's actually part of the thing that's interested me in watching it again. Mm. Besides the fast cars, is the fact that, you know, there's people just pouring in to watch these events and they must be there for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's... it's um. They're great events and, you know, uh, unfortunate... Well, fortunately, sorry. I'll say... Fortunately, um, Donald Long... He sold the the viewing, well, was pay-per-view this time around on Speed Video. There was some free content. They did about an hour of free content, but the majority was paid to view. You don't mind paying for this sort of stuff because this is yeah. world-class sort of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, to all the knockers or the Cheeto eaters, that is, as he calls them, um, it's just, you know, that's the way it is, and, and we have to accept that. Even drag racing in Australia has gone down that path as well. Yeah. Hey, look, we'll take a short break here. We'll be back right after this. When we come back, we've got some really sad news to to break uh, in regards to probably one of Australia's biggest brand names, most iconic brand name, I would suggest. Yep, that's Um, right. Broken today, that news. Uh, So we'll just touch on that, and we'll also just cover off on the Formula One car releases. I've got a lot to say 
about some of the car releases this week in Formula One. Yeah. I'm liking it. I like what I see. Well, that's good. Someone likes it at least. Tom, don't <laughs> be like that. Hey, we'll be back right after this. All right, episode 79 of the Talking Power podcast. Here with Todd Brinkworth on 88.5 FM and podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. Todd, we had news break this morning, probably 10 o'clock local time or maybe a bit later around there sometime. Uh, Holden have withdrawn from Australia. So the Holden brand plate will be will cease to no longer exist and the importation of right-hand drive vehicles will no longer be available to Australia. Yeah, the way we're going, it's going to be tofu, Korean, Korean noodles, and I don't know what else. This is just being racist. But <laughs> No, I'm being fair. I'm saying a demographic that I enjoy, you know, tofu and Korean, needle, Korean noodles. So, yeah, but no more meat pies. and Oh, we still got footy. We still have the footy, Nick, you know. <laughs> And no one knows what I'm about, there's a classic song. I'll get Nick to link it in there somewhere. But, uh, uh, for, oh, off the top of my head I don't now. I know if we're allowed to play it on the radio, to be um, honest, so I might, I might avoid that. But, uh, footies, yeah. meat pies, and holding cars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the song. That's the song. Look, I, a lot of people said that they saw this coming. Um, frankly, I, I thought it wouldn't be so soon. Yeah, not yeah. so soon. I think. The problem I have with all of this is that we're leaving a massive infrastructure in Australia um, out of work. Um, and when I say yeah. massive infrastructure, I'm talking about the Holden dealers. And, you know, we're, we're talking like thousands of people here that are going to be without work. Yeah, the uh, some official stats I read this late this afternoon before sort of broadcasting was I reckon there was a direct 600 people out of work, possibly 800. Um, apparently, and this, I don't know where I got this figure from, there was, and I'm going to get this number wrong, there was something like 200 Holden dealerships um, Australia-wide and 31 in New Zealand. Mm. Now, I love New Zealand. I've uh, been there for a long time. Didn't think New Zealand was big enough to be a Holden dealership base, but they are, they love their Holdens in New Zealand. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they do. They do. But um, then according to another bit of information, and this is again the media just taking off, there's only 30 direct Holden dealerships that will be affected. Most of the other dealerships now sell other brands of cars and will not feel the impact significantly. I think that's a very, very naive view on the situation. Yeah, that's that's, and that's really unfair to say that quite yeah. openly to to someone that's working in a, in a Holden dealership that might not have the ability to, to go and move to another suburb. Yeah or different part of the state. If we use Western Australia as an example, there are a number of Holden dealerships that, yes, have other marks in their in their offering, but they might not have the spots for them to go there. I think that's a very that's naive correct. view for, for the media to come out and say that there are only X amount of Holden direct dealers, even the ones that are not direct. Where yeah. do those guys and girls go? There is also rumours that HSV will actually kick on and uh, import as such and sell performance, well, Chevrolet. 
Yeah, that, well, that's yeah. that's that's the, the but what's Chevrolet comprising of now? We're down to the Corvette and we're down to the Silverado. The Camaro is going to be done in a couple of years. The Camaro is yeah. uh, slated to be wound up. Yeah. Um, and and I, that's Ryan Wilkinshaw. I think you're referring to his. Yeah, I again, I read that very, very briefly and was like, uh, how's that going to work? Um, yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I think, yeah, there will be a probably... That that will, that may continue. Oh, it's too, still too early to say. But I think the view that this will be okay is not the right view. Oh, no. I must admit, I'm, again, I'm toying with the idea of buying a second-hand holder at the moment. Mm. And I probably still will. Mm. Um, and I don't... I don't want to jinx myself. I don't think the market's going to boom. I actually think it might crash the market on second-hand holdings, unfortunately. But the abruptness of them... Well, I don't think you've said it yet. They reckon that most of the dealerships will be on their way out by June. Mm. Now, we're in February, almost March. Like March yeah. is around the corner. That's four months. Yeah. Not even. And then I think a total, total withdrawal was what they used... 20, by the, yeah, 2021. By 2021. Mm. Um, okay. Now, what do you do? I mean, no one's buying the ZB at let's be honest. But uh, you're going to tell me you're going to sell all your fleet off in eight months? Are you going to have a fire sale or something? Probably the wrong term, word of terms, sorry. But, you know, what the hell? But And besides that, like, yeah, again, back full circle. The poor people out of... I have a job, like... That's my main concern. I mean, I don't really... You know, whether the, whether you can get a, the Commodore... <coughs> it's really sad that we don't have the ability to buy a Commodore anymore. I think that's just crazy. But my biggest concern is jobs. Yeah. Jobs, 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 and profitable business. Yeah. I mean, the, some of these holding dealerships around us... There's one not far from here, I won't disclose... They are a private company. Yep. They are a, I won't say mum and dad business, but they are a private entity. They're not on the stock exchange. They are, and I know, I know people, they're not just in Western Australia, but in other parts of Australia, that are private holding dealers. Mum and dad businesses that have nothing to sell. And I yeah. think this is, I, I can understand the closure of production in Australia, yeah, that's it right. wasn't it wasn't profitable. I get that, but you can't tell me you can't import vehicles into Australia, the right vehicles. This is the key. They were yeah. bringing over cars that were not right for our market. Yeah, the ZB. We we sat here and laughed at that car. Let's be honest. I kind of regret it in some ways. Yeah, but you know we we laughed at that car. That the Equinox really didn't float my boat and the Arcadia never got a chance yeah. never got a chance I think that was a probably the best of the band bunch and the Colorado was a great vehicle it was a oh, great yeah. vehicle yeah. what I didn't know was that Holden or General Motors have sold the plant in Thailand that produces the Colorado to Great Wall so I think that's part of the issue uh, I didn't here. Know that either. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's been sold off that plant. Yeah. to to the Great Wall. So the Colorado was a great vehicle, but the rest of the offering was not great. No. the Equinox wasn't great. The Commodore wasn't great, and um, the Astra, well, that wasn't great either. So the key was bringing us vehicles that the Australian market would would I don't know would be enticing to them. Yeah. 
And a lot of people would say it's difficult to import a car that's not built in Australia that meets, you know, that, that can that can flourish here. Well, Hyundai have done it for yeah. years. You look at Hyundai, they came here in the mid-80s or early 80s yeah. with a car that probably wasn't that great. And look at them now. They made it. I'd buy one. Actually, there's probably several line mark, yeah, several vehicles in the Hyundai lineup I'd own. No, I know we've made. I've yeah. made personally made fun of. Yeah, me too. But some of the Hyundai's in, in TCR, but <laughs> all, all all things aside, all things being equal, those guys made it. Yeah. You know? uh, the other vehicle, Mazda, made it. Yeah. You know, um, you have to bring vehicles that are in, enticing, and I read an article while I was reading a lot of stuff today. I read an old article from 2017 where Holden wanted to get away from the uh, petrol head and the rev head image. And yeah. they felt that bringing these cars was the next step. Once they finished with the VF Commodore, this was the next... It wasn't. It was too much of a step. Yeah. They still needed a vehicle, and I don't know what that vehicle was, but they still needed a vehicle that was either four-door or two-door with LS power in it. Simple yeah. as that. No, I mean, and from what I understand, it's not even that... Holding it get replaced with GM as such. There's nothing. There's like, nothing. There's, and there is probably a few vehicles in the GM lineup like this, that would be good on our roads. But, Silverado, yeah. Look, I mean, a lot of yeah. people would laugh at me for saying the Silverado. No, that was on top of my head right yeah. now. And yeah. uh, I can't think of any other ones right now, sorry. but I don't know if the Silverado will continue through the HSV line. I, I really don't know. Yeah. It's still too early to say. I think the Silverado is certainly one of them. Yeah. The, the Corvette will certainly be another one. Yeah. I think they certainly need to keep that going. Um, it, it is in terms of their two-door lineup, the, the Camaro, yeah. I don't know if it's viable bringing that anymore, uh, if there's only two more years left on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Hey, uh, Dodge, if you're listening, stop, the, stop bringing all those stupid Jeeps. Start bringing in the Hellcats and all that gear. The door is wide open. Right-hand drive, you will have... I was going to use a derogatory term then. You'll have people handing you money in suitcase. Actually, no. You're not allowed to buy a car with $10,000 anymore. That's right. You, you can't... Anyway, you'll have people giving you bank checks for cars. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're, the Mustang is a perfect example of that. The Mustang oh, is a I, perfect example of that. They will sell three to one now. Whether you like the Mustang yeah. or not, let's put that aside. Look at the amount of Mustangs on the road. Yeah, yes. they are actually aren't bad to drive. They're a beautiful car to drive, but some people don't like them. That's fine. That's yeah. okay. But the numbers speak for themselves. You look at the number of Mustangs that are on the road. It's Australia is not a complete 100% SUV market. Yes, yeah. it's, it's up there, the market yeah. in SUV, and it suits Australian people yeah. as a majority. Yes, we all agree with that. But, but you can't tell me for a minute that we've shut the door on a four-door or a two-door sports sedan coupe yeah that's Sorry, right i don't buy it no there's not any there's not much else in the the lineup really no anyway i don't want to dwell on that too much longer we got formula we got only a couple of minutes we got literally one minute to cover formula one car releases hey <laughs> did you catch the ferrari release it, it that impressed me the ferrari I, release or the sf1000 no, we might not be yeah. lucky. We might not see it because it's getting the. They are talking. The consumer group in Italy are talking about seizing that vehicle because the logo, the Mission Winnow logo, which is owned by Philip Morris, I might add, yep. has 
um, they believe the branding sends subliminal, subliminal tobacco advertising. So they are talking about seizing the brand new SF1000 before it even hits a track in Melbourne. So anyway, that, that's a that's a story to unfold. Three they released years. the Ferrari with a full orchestra in a theatre in typical Italian fashion, and I bet you the catering was top notch, Todd. Not it was on fire that night, huh? Not it was on she, fire. She was on fire. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Best tiramisu was out there as well. <laughs> hey, so that that was great. I really enjoyed that. I've got to be honest with you. The Alfa Turi, formerly known as Toro Rosso, that was that was more of a fashion show, but they are a fashion brand owned by Red Bull, uh, Alpha Tori. Um, so they had, uh, it was a bit of a fashion parade, and um, Mercedes on their Twitter account actually had a bit of a lend at Alpha Tori, had a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek go at them for being more of a fashion parade. Uh-huh. Uh, Renault, wasn't hard to beat Renault, they didn't have the cars, Todd. <laughs> That's no joke. There are no cars at their car release, still not ready. Is that the final I saw of Daniel Ricciardo sitting in a chair just looking into space? I think it was. Sorry, Daniel. I think he was taking the piss. But, yeah, he was there, and, uh, and he yeah. was just, like, pointing at the air. So, anyway, I'm not having to go at Daniel or um, maybe uh, Ocon. It's, maybe Mr. it's Barton. so Ocon. fast that it's invisible. Wasn't there. That's all okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to defend him, you know. And McLaren did theirs live on YouTube. I actually I, I managed to get in front of the TV before that one came out, and the whole family watched that one. <laughs> they were intrigued. My kids... <laughs> <laughs> I say that, that all jokes aside the whole family we sat down and watched the McLaren release uh, had um, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz on there first and then they followed up with Zach Brown and the new uh, F1 uh, their team principal which his name escapes me right now didn't make a note of it but that was quite interesting as well fairly low key nothing you know nothing too nothing too crazy there alright Todd look that brings this podcast to a close the other car manufacturers as we record this have not released their vehicles so my apologies um uh, racing point is on today williams is on today as well Haas is on wednesday at the barcelona test along with alfa romeo which i saw a sneak peek photo of that's on wednesday as well and mercedes have done theirs as well i did not catch that one so i will not elaborate on that one race wars yeah. That's our next podcast will be at Race Wars, Todd. I will too. We are there. Yeah, so. just just for you playing at home, I love using this phrase. Uh, I'm looking at Nick in a stunned fashion, realizing that he's absolutely correct. Yeah, our next podcast <laughs> is will be at the track, so it's gonna be a long Actually, three days for us. We might be at the tracks. Ugh. And we are gonna be doing live feeds from Race Wars as well That's each right. night. So the first night will be the Saturday night. There'll be race um, cash days going on in the background. Yep. And I worked out what ones and twos are as well. Oh, you did? In a DJ sense. Okay, good. Didn't know what that meant. I had to Google it. Oh, that's I right. Watched, I watched uh, Jordan's video the other day <laughs> and finally worked out. I had to Google it, Urban Dictionary, what yep. ones and twos are. It's not what you think it is either. No, In a no. DJ term. Yeah, I'm I don't right. have a clue. I'm 40. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Anyway, worked out what, it, that, what that means. So, uh, shout out to Jordan. We're going to try and um, we're going to try and catch up with him. Try. Catch up with him. We got we got some guests lined up for Race Wars. Yep. But we're going to bring you that live from yep. Race Wars, and then if you miss us live, that's cool. We're going to record it as a podcast as well. Yep. And we're going to release it as a podcast each night. So it's some big days ahead of us. Yes, that's right. But I'm up for it. You also get to hear me stressing out about getting your car ready for the Albany Sprint. 
So it's gonna yeah. be a bit on edge, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah, but, especially the Sunday night one. The oh, night yeah, recording. but I'll be good. You be alright? Yeah, be fine. You be okay? You know, I'm professional, so it's all good. Anyway, <laughs> you'll catch us there. Anyway, and we'll bring that to you as a podcast as well. All right, on that note, we're going to have to cut this one off here now. We are. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you in Albany two weeks' time. Yeah, we'll see you up the hill. No worries. On the runway. <laughs> Take care. Yeah. See ya. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.